0: Hi, my name is Katie Malone.
1: And I'm Brendan, the husband.
0: And you're listening to The Little Flock, the podcast that offers practical insights about living a counterculture of goodness, truth, and beauty in a world of increasingly hostile secularism and indifference.
1: So, if you're looking to learn from two imperfect followers of Christ about how to live like the wheat amongst the darnel, this is definitely the podcast for you. Hi everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Little Flock podcast. My name is Brenda Malone.
0: And I'm Katie Malone.
1: And it's great to be back with you again. It is
0: really it? is. It's been a long time. It has, isn't it? How long has <laughs> it been?
1: I was just trying to figure that out this morning. I don't morning. Think we should count because it means yeah. the year's going very fast. <laughs> because Katie, Katie left us. She abandoned Did. us. Oh, um, rude. No, she didn't. She had a, a short-term contract. Yep. Doing a bit of – a working class, a power woman, a career woman. A pff, working class. <laughs> working class. Woman. Well, we're all working class. Yeah. <laughs> you
0: promoted me in, in yeah. space of six words there. <laughs> she's a,
1: uh, she's a work, working woman of the world. Um, just in time for the Barbie movie, Katie. Got oh, yeah, a, got yeah, a, I'm on trend A corporate role yep. No, we're working for the local school So it was good to have you back though, Katie oh, thanks. So we can do these episodes um, uh, Don't forget folks uh, If you're new here Please uh, share and subscribe to the podcast Share it with your friends Make sure you hit subscribe Whatever platform you're listening on And if your platform allows you to give us a rating Then please give us a rating That all really helps the show If you like it You're getting something out of it Give us some stars Chuck in a comment Things like that I should also say today You might hear the heat pump on in the background it's, uh, it's wintry, mm-hmm. and poor old Katie, you know, but cool. So, so you might hear the dulcet tones of the, the gentle wind of the <laughs> Fujitsu uh, in the background there. Um, don't forget, folks, that if you want to support the work that you, we are engaged in, you can do that. There's two ways to do that. One is uh, to become a patron at patreon.com forward slash left foot media. And if you do that with $5 or more per month, you will get access to all of our exclusive patrons-only content. We produce weekly um, uh, political, current affairs, and cultural commentary. There's two podcasts a week. Um, there's a monthly interview show things like that so that there's these exclusives that only our patrons get so $5 a month gets you access to that or if you prefer if you're living in New Zealand in particular this might be something you're interested in you can support us uh, our our charitable organisation LifeNet and you can find our details at lifenet.org.nz on the homepage there's a donate button about how you can do that and if you become a regular donor and, uh, you know, we know your name and details. Uh, we can send you a tax receipt at the end of each year so you can claim your tax. That's always a winner. You're doing a lot of tax I stuff do at the moment. Yep. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> the guru. Sorry, that's the noise of the microphone there. Sounds like someone's swinging off the monkey bars. <laughs> when I was a kid, did you ever have a noisy bunk in your house? Oh, yep. Yeah, we Didn't did. not everybody? We were kids. Boys, <laughs> boys and bunks. And they were, we had these terrible bunks that they were only held together, metal bunks, but not like the new ones, which are a bit more robust. And they were only held together—the top and the bottom bunk—by these four little, like, tiny bits of metal that sat between the cylinders, if you like. And they had a rubber seal around them. And basically, if you jumped on the bunks, the they'd seal would out. shift; yeah. the th- they'd drop down to the bottom leg, and then the top bunk could even fall off. <laughs> it's oh, madness. The man. excitement. Yeah, it was. <laughs> uh, it was I was—I don't know where they got those bunks from, Mum and Dad, but they were a running death trap. Um, yeah, so if you want to support our work, um, you can do that that way. Patreon.com forward slash leftfootmedia or lifenet.org.nz. And a huge thank you to everyone who is supporting our work. We love you uh, and your partnership really makes a huge difference uh, in allowing us to reach more people. Uh, don't forget last but not least of the little notices before we <laughs> jump in. Notice time. Everyone loves notices. Take for the notices. Yeah, yeah, gosh. <laughs> we all love notices. Um, if you want to send us your questions, you can do that by going to uh, either lifenet.org.nz and you'll see at the top of our homepage there, there's a little scrolling banner thing. And uh, you click on that and it opens up a form. And so you can send us your questions. Thank you to those who are using that form. We are getting your questions. They are arriving. Um, And so, yeah, um, that's one way of doing it. You can do that totally anonymously. Don't have to fill in any name or any other details if you don't want to. It's just your question and the topic that you want us to talk about. Or you can go to thelittleflockpodcast.org. That's thelittleflockpodcast.org. And that will take you to the homepage for our podcast. And there's a link at the top of that page with all the episodes on it where you can uh, uh, click on the link and fill in the form. And uh, let us know your feedback, uh, well, your questions, really, isn't it, that yeah. we're looking for, mm-hmm. that we're going to answer for you in these episodes. All righty, Katie, um, are you all ripped and ready to go? Absolutely. Yeah, look at you. You're, you're a <laughs> power woman. She's standing really today, happens. folks. Normally she sits. Today she's standing. She's ready for action. Yep. she's ready, ready. to we're, get into it. We're both standing, actually. That's you know. <laughs> um, So let's start with a little bit of a conversation, Katie, as we like to do, mm. a little tete a tete. Sometimes
0: we talk to each other. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, it's funny. Actually, I was thinking about that today, how often couples don't talk to each other. It's quite amazing. I've discovered that it's actually a lot more common really? amongst marriages than you'd mm. think, that people just passing each other in the hallways of their busy lives and not communicating. That's a...
0: mm. Life can become very perfunctory, just yeah. who's doing what, going where, how many kids are they taking with them when they go.
1: Yeah, yeah that's yeah. right. You can see why some marriages um, end up in trouble when the kids all get old that's and right. leave home. Because it's all of a sudden they realized that they were only in a sort of a, what would you call it, contractual parenting arrangement or a or a, um, a nannying and, and chauffeuring type um, business. And yeah. then once the clients have all gone, you know, they look across the table and they go, who are you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a pretty sad way of looking at the world, isn't it? But so, so take care of your marriage, folks. That's, that's what right. we're saying. Have Talk conversations. Have regular conversations. There's that squeaky noise Take time again.
0: for a small chat it
1: A small chat head, yeah. That's a very hit. important thing to do if you're married. <laughs> Um, Yeah, especially if you're a bloke and you want to know how to avoid getting into trouble Make sure that you're aware You'll find out (laughs) You will be told
0: You have been warned (laughs) Um,
1: Okay, let's read this article called Four Ways to Recover Wonder for Renewed Faith By a guy called Billy Swan Father Billy Swan, he's a Catholic priest And this is on the Word on Fire website They're a great um, outfit, Word on Fire Really awesome evangelistic Catholic organisation Love them, we love them and uh, this article I thought was really great. I thought it was really important for families. And I thought it, was, it just struck me as being really essential mm. um, and something that we could do. Because I know, Katie, you, you're often, when we're preparing for these episodes, you're like, oh, not another negative story. You're yeah,
0: stopping so negative about everything.
1: Really. Yeah. yeah, give me some – Stop it. Give me the good or the positive juice. That's right. You know, I'm a junkie for, for a bit of well, love. Well, there's and... enough
0: negative news in the world. Yeah, that's you know, true. People getting shot and running, <laughs> running away on lime scooters and <laughs> – I don't know. Like everything's depressing when you open the paper. Right? Are
1: those two things on a spectrum? <laughs> Being <laughs> shot and running away. On well, the a lime person who scooter. did the shooting ran away on that's, a lime That's scooter. right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say, get away. stealing lime scooters is probably at the low end of the offending <laughs> yeah, of true. the worries. And the, you know, people. Yeah. What's your top worry about the state of the country right now? Lime scooters.
0: They are a big problem.
1: <laughs> they are, they're everywhere. We don't
0: have lime ones. We have flamingo <laughs> ones. Down oh yeah,
1: they're the meant away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, let's read this article. Um, research in recent decades by people like Charles Taylor, and he's a philosopher who wrote a great... Uh, a, great. <laughs> a great book <laughs> Get your words right um, So people like Charles Taylor With his book A Secular Age Has identified a clear link Between the decline of religious belief In the western world And a progressive disenchantment Or loss of awe and wonder mm. And this is kind of cool Because I think interestingly We tend to think of um, religious faith As being sort of like a thing you do or learn mm. Like rather than that this, this whole notion of tying it To a sense of awe and mystery And it's like whoa you know there's something profound going on here you know and and just wondering and marveling in the face of it because that's not something we do no that's right you know yeah it's a thing we participate in that's outside of ourselves mm. um disenchantment leads to a weakened sense of mystery that makes the conditions for faith in god more challenging you know like if we think we know everything about everything then why do we need we an all powerful god. god you yeah, know that's yeah right. Um, If this loss of enchantment has a negative impact on faith, an important question for the church and really for the family is how we can cultivate a renewed sense of awe and wonder in our children, students, congregations, and ourselves so that faith can be renewed. Here I offer four ways we can cultivate a greater sense of awe and wonder that will lead to faith in God becoming a credible and attractive option in a skeptical world. And the first one, Katie, is be humble. Be humble. Just be humble. Just be, just, <laughs> just be humble. Don't interfere with words that you That's know right. nothing about. That's right. So nothing this is a, this is really important. Sorry, stepped away from your the mic there, folks. Turn off the uh, heat pump. Um, and it says this, The first step to recover a sense of awe and wonder is for us to be humble. Uh, humility is an attitude of the mind that compels us to acknowledge that God is God and that we are limited creatures that that he has made. If we deny there is a God, sooner or later we begin to act as if we were divine, and so begin to think and act as someone we are not. Mm. <clears throat> and so, it's this is a really important point, right? Like we, um, uh, the, this whole notion of humility, and and um, we live in a world that's sort of the information age. We think we know everything about everything. Mm. And um, I was thinking about our children, like how important that is to. To sort of cultivate within them a sense of um, almost like taking them places where this, you know, it's big and awesome, you know, nature and stuff that yeah. you're just like, whoa, I'm I'm just a tiny little human being in the face of this yeah, massive waterfall right. or an ocean or whatever it is, you know?
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, he says this, looking deeper into a mystery, into sorry, the mystery of human nature inspires awe and wonder. Consider the wonder of the psalmist who ponders what is humanity mm. that you are mindful of him, mortal humanity that you should care for him. You made him little less than a God. With glory and honor, you have crowned him. Notice also the awe and wonder in Mary's humble soul who magnifies the Almighty, who has done great things for me. Holy is his name. And that's from the Gospel of Luke. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's a really, really important one. And I think in families too, like like humility in general is just an underrated virtue, right? Absolutely, yep. And in the yep. modern age, and it's yep. so essential to the life of a family?
0: Yep, yeah. Because I think we you get a lot of put yourself first, self-care, yeah. Ra rah, rah. But actually, yeah. you know, it's more important that you serve and it's more important to be the little person, I think.
1: Yeah, that's so beautiful. Yeah. What do you think about self-care? I reckon self-care's got a bit out of hand.
0: Yeah, oh, there's definitely a place for it. Yeah. Like we were just talking about a um a colleague, a friend of mine, who's having a, a hard time with her husband who's yeah. um in sort of advanced dementia. Yeah. We're advancing dementia and uh you know, I said to her today, like it's really important that you take half an hour and have a cup of yeah. coffee. That's actually an important yeah. thing for you. You can't look after him, if you don't yeah. look after you.
1: Yeah, if you have no peace, yeah. you've got no peace to give. That's and right. And he needs peace, yeah. right?
0: Yeah, that's right. So I think you know, there's definitely a place for proper mm. self care, but that doesn't, yeah, that doesn't sort of mean squeezing everything else out so that your self care mm. happens. I think.
1: No, no I, I, I think it's too. It's like often self care becomes my self interest. Yeah, I, I want to feel comfortable. I want to feel. Happy, I want to feel good. I want my mm, I want, What about yeah. me? <laughs> and yeah. and if and if and I think that's the danger, right? If if um an unhealthy self-care is up, what about me? That's yeah. the wrong reference. Whereas, Self-centric. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How can I be better for others? Yeah, that's right. It's different. Yeah. Um the second thing he says this is the second essential component of the four is ask and seek. Well kids do a lot of that. Can I, <laughs> I have a can I have it. a snack? <laughs> right. Well, I'm just gonna seek out a snack now and the <laughs> In the pantry without even waiting for you to tell me whether I'm allowed to Mm -hmm. or not. That's a common thing, right? Um, When Jesus encourages us to ask and it shall be given to you, seek and you shall find. In Matthew chapter 7, we naturally interpret his words as permission to intercede for our needs. Of course, this is true, but they can also be interpreted as words of encouragement to ask the questions that beg to be asked and to seek the truth that is to be found. In this sense, wonder begets wonder. When we contemplate the wonders of nature, like the sun, moon, or stars, or the things that we have made, such as cars or machines, our minds naturally wonder, who made this? How did it get here? How does it work? This is good, for our wondering leads to answers that lead to more questions, that lead to more wonder. St. Augustine encouraged all Christians to contemplate creation like this. And this is the quote, Question the beauty of the earth, question the beauty of the sea, question the beauty of the sky. Who made them, if not the beautiful one who is not subject to to change mm. And and that's So true And so beautiful eh? Like in God's This is why science Is possible for Christianity This is how Christianity Really opened up the sciences mm. Because um, There's a whole dynamism In the world And a sense of wonder About that And wanting to know more That's actually seen Within Christendom As uh, like a, an act of reverence And love for God mm. To find out more About his creation You know There's something This I, I guess in, in the age Of sort of Control and Mm. certainty. It's like no, I don't want to wonder. (laughs) I want to know everything. (laughs) Isn't
0: there some famous mathematician that became a Christian or was a Christian? Blaise
1: Pascal. You might be thinking of. I'm not
0: sure, but they sort of said because of the way maths works, I basically have to believe that God exists. Yeah, there's been a couple of mathematicians actually who have
1: come that journey. Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. It's and and there's a but that has to begin with wonder, right? Mm. It's um, yeah, and 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 I think that like this whole notion of ask and seek. Mm. Yeah, it's something really
0: And you look at somebody like Da Vinci with his yeah. sculptures and his pictures and his understanding of the human anatomy and yeah. you know he was obviously someone who was Yeah. seeking and wondering and Yeah. and that led to the creation of beautiful things. Yeah. Cuz I think yeah.
1: that this is the thing. I think in families, in particularly Christian families, we can get in this trap of thinking like like um I I uh, Nathaniel our son was sitting next to me the other day and he was asking these really deep questions about dinosaurs and creation right. and <laughs> And the temptation could be to say, oh, look, son, well, you know, just don't worry about that. It's just, or give them a really quick sort of, it's all God, you know, sort of. God God just knew what he was doing. He made it all, don't worry. But in actual fact... Um, I sat with him and we talked about it, and the questions kept coming, and we kept sort of unpacking it.
0: Let's just uh, caveat this all by saying it was bedtime,
1: sure, but I think it was more <laughs> than questions that, though, because he had some genuinely interesting <laughs> questions. It it's wasn't true. simply like, oh, "Oh, Dad, can you um, tell me about the time you were five? and you know, <clears throat> tell you know. me
0: about all the dinosaurs that have ever existed. Yeah, yeah How it long wasn't, will that take? <laughs> yeah, no, it wasn't one of
1: those kind of filler questions. And um, and so the the importance of encouraging that. And also, um, just asking questions in general, like when kids start to ask about some of the more, as they move into adult topics, mm. and, now they might not be ready for that yet, but they're ready for a part of a discussion about it. The temptation is to think, "Oh no, we shouldn't even maybe talk about certain things." Like someone starts to ask about bodies or sexuality or stuff, and we think, "Oh no, we shouldn't talk about that." Because, mm. but in actual fact, we've got to remember that the 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 sin is where the absence of the good, and when it moves into areas that are not good, you know. Mm. But but the actual wonder is actually a healthy thing. It is, it's part of who we're made to be. Our bodies are part of us. and all, You know what I mean? Like like that, that mm. we should um, foster, I think, Christians should be really good at this really, mm. this sort of um, healthy sense of conversation about the world and who we are. Mm. And So that's number two. Number three is spend less time looking at what we have made and more time looking up to what God has made. And I thought that's good. I, was gonna, I thought it was going to say, look up, looking that's up. beautiful. Looking yeah. up what God has made. Dear Google, what has God <laughs> made? <mean? laughs> um, here's what he says. When was yeah, the I last time it. you gazed at a full moon or a sky full of stars and said, wow? When was the last time? you remember?
0: Oh, recently. There was yeah. a nice moon the
1: other night. Yeah, I was the same. Yeah. I looked up, there's the moon. And then um, there was a couple of weeks before that, I remember I got home and I just stopped and stood in our driveway for about five, six minutes, just looking up. At, you can see all the stars. Mm. Beautiful. This was cloudless night It was unbelievable Just the mm. awe of it You know But yeah that, That's important eh? To, mm. to do that I often try and stop During the day And just sit And look at the sun not straight no, up. No, obviously. No, look at the sun. <laughs> and now I'm coming to don't you. take advice f- from Brennan, guys. <laughs> Speaking in utter blindness. Now. <laughs> uh, moral of the story, don't look at the sun with oh. binoculars. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, uh, no, just uh, that standard, wrong. looking at the like the stopping and, and contemplating mm. sort of the beauty of like a sunny day outside, even just at my, outside my office window or something, you know, stopping to do that. Not.
0: I think, yes, stopping is the key there and, and it's a change in perspective, mm. yeah, that you – look at something sort of from a different angle or see it through different eyes almost. And Yeah. Yeah.
1: And you don't, you don't do it in passing. So actually stop yeah. and you don't, don't tweet about it or post on social media. Just <laughs> be in the moment. Mm, that's right. you know, it's not, it's not a thing to show to others. It's just for you. Uh, When was the last time you stopped in rapture at a beautiful sunset or rainbow? Do you know the magnificence and complexity of one cell of a living organism? Well, that's a good question. So for all the science buffs, it's like, look, go and look at the complexity of this thing then Mm. and see God in that. It's not like all technical control and dominance. It's the beauty and wonder of it. Um, Or when did you last take the time to gaze in awe at your sleeping child?
0: Not just awe that they're asleep.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's like, <laughs> praise God.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I, I've, I, it's funny, eh? I, it's probably for me, I'd say once a week, once a fortnight, that happens now. When they were younger, it was a lot more common. Mm. But now, it is for me, once a week, once a fortnight, I will I oh. I will, I will stop and I'll just, you know.
0: I get to look at Nathaniel's sleep every night because I've got to remove the cat from his bedroom. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> it's funny, eh? They're different, multi- multiple positions yeah. there. And Not...
0: Evie and Maddie still sleep in the same position, 14-year-olds oh, like wow. they did when they were babies. When they're yeah. baby twins, man. Yeah.
1: Um, Have we become so familiar with these things or too busy That they no longer amaze us That's, mm, that's, that's right. a good question right mm. I'm too busy doing family life to, yeah. to do family life I had
0: a little realisation about this the other day actually before mm. Even before I read the article So I was clearly <laughs> ready for this You were pre-prepared oh, I was Um, Sort of a shift in perspective Because you know you have that as a mum Maybe as a dad Depends on who cooks mm. dinner But usually it's me in our house And mm. often at the end of dinner I sort of find myself breathing a sigh of relief, but then simultaneously starting to plan the next yeah. dinner and the next dinner. And it can feel quite exhausting, that because yeah. of, how many dinners are these people going <laughs> to want? <laughs> are these people ever going to stop, eating? How many different <laughs> dinners do these people want? Yeah. I was driving to the supermarket and I was sort of thinking, oh, I've got to think about how many meals we need this week and trying to plan it all. Yeah. Oh, I actually had a little kind of shift and I thought, I've actually got to look at it like, how many more dinners will we have together? Yeah, You know, wow. like, We've had so many, and there's sure, there's loads to come, and and um, there will yeah. be new people joining us, hopefully, as part of our family in the future. But but at the same time, what we have now, we won't have forever. We won't, yeah. and even now already, we have kids that are missing that aren't at dinners because they're working or got other activities. Doing big kid stuff. Doing big kid stuff, that's mm. right. And so we're already moving into that next phase in life where mm. family dinner isn't a given mm. anymore. So it was just a little shift in, like, appreciating yeah. I cook the dinner They don't always like it <laughs> But we do sit down And we eat yeah. And you know We monitor complaints And yeah The referee Yeah we have that time together And we have that chance To have a meal together And we won't have that forever
1: mm. yeah. yeah I, I was Funny to say that I was thinking something similar The other day myself I was, I was thinking Oh this is a bit challenging Then I was thinking But hold on you'll miss this challenge when That's it's right. gone. Yep. And also I was thinking, um, like, be grateful you have this. That's right. Because a lot of people don't.
0: That a lot of people don't have it. Yeah. They're
1: sitting there yeah. going, why do my kids not talk to me? Why do I? And mm-hmm. I often feel, I don't know, I mean, I often feel the guilt of it. I feel like I'm a terrible father at times. I just, I feel that, the, you know, gosh, I wish I'd been more caring and more attentive. And you've got to remind yourself, okay, you just reset, start That's again. Right. Today's another day. Be in the moment now. But not, also yeah. not you know, to focus on um, the gift you have been given, That's right. you know, I think helps to deal with that. I popped problem.
0: into the library the other morning to get a, um, like a book for Lucy for mm. school work and they were just starting baby time.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: I was like, oh, wow, like it just feels like yesterday I was taking kids to baby time, you know, like, yeah. and, and you think oh, I'd love to go back, but actually there were hard <laughs> things about that too, you know, like getting yeah. them all there and everybody's grumpy and little yeah, yeah. and hungry and... Yeah, Doesn't funny, necessarily want it? to be in baby time if you want to see me. No, no. <laughs> yeah. So what's this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm taking off. I long. ain't here for baby I need time. A book about trucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm
1: here for truck time, not <laughs> yeah. baby time. Um,
0: so, but just to be in those moments and to understand that they don't, they don't last forever. Yeah. Know, the hard bits and the good bits. So,
1: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's good, eh? But um, gosh, yeah, that whole point of spending less time looking at what we've made and more time looking up to what God has made. And I think right. in a family, that's a recognition that we didn't make our family. Mm. We often think, you know, we're crafting. And I think that's one of the dangers, I think, of a lot of family, what, what would you call it, self-help type advice, mm. you know, is is you sort of crafting the perfect family life. and it's But it's it's actually not. It's this gift. Mm. You should receive it as a gift. You should be in wonder of it. Um, it's not, I mean, there's things we can do to make it worse, that's for sure. But it's not a project. It's, it's, a, it's, it's the work of God's hand that we that's are right. here, that, that you and I met each other, mm. that we have this beautiful family that we've, we've got with our, and, and this gift of our children and all of that sort of stuff, you know. And whatever time we have with them and with each other, that's a profound gift. Mm. Okay, our number four, fourth and final was pray. And this is an important one, right? One of the gifts of the Holy Spirit is awe and wonder, also known as fear of the Lord. And that's an important point, eh? You know, mm-hmm. that fear of the Lord is to look at upon that which is awe, or like truly awful, mm-hmm. filled with awe mm-hmm. and wondrous, you know, and be and um absolutely, uh, not just enamored, but in sort of almost whoa, yeah. you know, yeah. this is crazy. Um, because awe and wonder lead to the enchantment that leads to faith. Then, if the whole church, church, sorry, unites in asking for this gift of the Spirit. A renewal of faith will surely follow. That's a great point, eh? Yeah, it's beautiful. That because yeah. I've never really thought of that before. The importance of saying, okay, Lord, give us the gift of, you know, that gift of the Holy Spirit of of fear of the Lord. Mm. You not know, you almost think of it as a byproduct of something else rather than a gift you should actually seek out and want. And you're like, well, that's that's actually quite a profound little revelation, I reckon. Mm. Maybe it's just me. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um uh, here are we uh, There we go. This is the spirit we pray for to pierce the veils of drudgery and boredom. Mm. It's true. Mm-hmm. So even cleaning the toilet, oh, boring. <laughs> bringing in the firewood, boring. Cooking a meal, another meal, yeah. boring. But in actual fact, there's this awe and wonder that I am here bringing in firewood for a group of human beings who love me and who have been given to me as gifts. Mm. And that's that, that's a profound thing, right? You're like, whoa, this isn't this is something more now. Yeah. You know,
0: it's not just nothing. What was it, Mother Teresa said? Mm. Little little things, ordinary things with great love.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. that's the key, right? Yeah. And and what do you do? You get, go and find the nearest person to you and help them. As so you, you think about on.
0: it, what Jesus did, you know, I mean, there were some miracles and all that, mm. but um, but a lot of the time what he did was ordinary things with great love. Mm. You know, even being crucified at the time was a relatively ordinary. Yeah, Thing, you know. horrible but ordinary punishment. Or, yeah, awful but ordinary.
1: Yeah. 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 So, oh, yeah, another criminal. Let's yeah, go and that's watch right. the crucifixion. Yeah.
0: It was uh, the love that mattered. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And it transforms the mundane yeah. to something beautiful. Uh, this is the spirit that leads us to contemplate God's creation in itself without wishing to grasp or control it. Mm. And I think in a family that's important because I think as parents, particularly as our kids get older, that's mm. my challenge at the moment. My temptation is to think, oh, I really want my kids to have the faith. I want them to be good and virtuous people. And the temptation is to try and really. When they're younger, you have to have a bit more hands-on. But as they get a bit older, you've got to learn to when do I let go mm. and not try and force them into that pattern. You've got to get them to desire uh, desire to live that pattern and to love mm. and embrace it for themselves. That's right. You know, and faith as well to actually make a decision to move towards God, mm. not because you know, as the old saying goes, God has no uh, grandchildren. Mm. You can't just drag your children in with you that way. Mm. You know. Uh, May the Holy Spirit stir up in us the gift of awe and wonder that keeps our souls alive to new epiphanies of God's beauty so that we might come to believe in him. That's so beautiful. The Irish poet Patrick Kavner once lamented that, uh, quote, we have tried and tested too much, lover, through a chink too wide there comes in no wonder. Uh, That's a great little quote, eh? Love poetry. He then hoped that the season of Advent would "quote unquote" charm back the luxury of a child's soul, and that's from his poem Advent. And that's that's it. eh? and I think this is where the like um, our celebration of the liturgical calendar of the Christian Church is mm. important. It gives us a cycle of 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 like going into the aestheticism of Lent and the sort of that's quiet. It's a bit more solitude. It's the sort of penance and fasting mm. and stuff. And then you come into the great wonder of Easter. If everything is like on a high, there's no wonder anymore either. That's right, yeah. It's all a flat nothingness in a sense. Yeah. You know? So there's great, great importance in that. Uh, He says this, through these simple steps of being humble, asking, seeking, looking up more, and praying for the Holy Spirit's gift of awe and wonder, we can again stand before life with new freshness. If Elizabeth Browning is right and, quote-unquote, earth is crammed with heaven, Mm -hmm. then (laughs) I don't know why I think of jam whenever I hear the word crammed. Really? <laughs> that jar is, oh, that scone is just crammed with delicious jam. I don't know why. I don't know why. Some random yes. word association. What a weirdo. <laughs> um, if Elizabeth Browning is right and earth is crammed with heaven, then may we behold God's glory in our enchanted universe and respond anew with faith, adoration and praise. Beautiful. That's so true, eh? And so key for families, right? Yep. We often think, well, how do we build faith in our kids? Well, how about we start actually giving them the, the first movement, which is that sense of awe and wonder and the mystery? Because mm. if we, we teach them to be analytical controllers and control freaks and dominators of everything, yeah, you don't know, no, my kids will have re- resilience by being powerful and in charge of everything. Then we're teaching them that basically there's nothing to know. They can know mm. it all. They don't need anything outside themselves.
0: It makes me think of the whole mm. climate change crisis and the way, uh, excuse which, me, the boiling
1: know, earth crisis. Yeah. I think boiling stay earth. up to date. Have we, please. Have we renamed it? The earth is that. boiling, um, they're saying now. Yeah.
0: But not so. all of it, some of it's like flooding. And well, our heat pumps on, so something's going <laughs> wrong here. Yeah. So. Um, maybe we'll boil in a few mm-hmm. months. Uh, no, just in the sense that, like, yes, you know, as God's creatures and we were put in charge of creation and, char- mm. and stewardship of creation. So, yeah. yes, we have a duty to the earth. Mm. to look after the planet we've been given, that's been created for us. Um, Definitely, I agree with that. Yeah. But there's sort of, I see in this boiling earth, (laughs) climate change, (laughs) fanaticism. Yeah. Are wanting to control it. Well, if we just do this, we can fix it. If yeah. we just do X, we can fix it. And yeah, there's that's no kind right. of real, true purpose behind it. Nobody actually really understands why no. we need to fix it, apart from not wanting to boil. We're just doing mean. a thing. Yeah. Well, yeah, doing something to do something, but yeah. without a true understanding or appreciation for what we're doing it for. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's to me is somewhere where a sense of wonder has been lost. Mm. We yeah. wonder at the earth. We wonder at its beauty. We say, "Oh my goodness, we must." Yeah. Look after this, mm. yeah,
1: yeah. That's so true. Yeah, and the, to...
0: and the fact of thinking we can fix it, yeah, it's yeah, a lack of humility and thinking, well, yeah, well we yeah. can we can just fix this.
1: We have yeah, to we'll fix solve this. it all. Yeah, we'll just it's stop, funny, isn't it? The
0: cows or whatever it is we have to do, and
1: we we need to yeah. get back to Stuart and his ship. Um, no, we, <laughs> Not funny. we yeah, yeah Stuart ship. we all know, but 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 yeah, it's true because at the same time, it's a it's a it's an actual um, there's a a uh, an inherent contradiction. Because at the same time it's this global apocalypse and we're all going to die, and at the same time it's also a thing that we can totally control and turn off the apocalypse. And That's I'm like, well, right. that, we those two it. things don't actually go together. If it if it truly is apocalyptic, then we it's beyond us. Mm-hmm. But if it's within our control, it's not apocalyptic. So <laughs> it's funny that, eh? yeah. Because
0: yeah. if because if we could make more ice in Antarctica, <laughs> we would just do that, right? <laughs> yeah. But we didn't make the ice in Antarctica to start with. Yeah, so awe yeah. and wonder,
1: <laughs> yeah. and that and that will have a bearing too on how we respond and how we tri- retreat we actually. I was going to say retreat. How we treat natural resources That's right. with awe and wonder, or with dominance and control. And what we've tended to do is dominance That's and control right. instead yeah. of saying, "Wow, well, let's have awe and wonder, let's and let's not yeah. dominate these things." That's right.
0: Also, I like. I'm reading a book. Um, it's a fiction book at the moment that I'm reading. Mm. It's always a fiction book because you're in charge of nonfiction. Um, <laughs> it's true. It's called Once Upon a Wardrobe, and it's about yeah. C.S. Lewis. And it's, but it's, um, you know, a lot of it's taken from his biographies mm. and autobiographies. Um. It's about where Narnia came from. Yeah. So it's this this girl who's a really good mathematician is trying to find out from him for her little brother. How did you come up with Narnia? Where did it come from? And he's sort of answering the question but not answering it. But it's really make I really thought about it when I read this because it's that sense of mystery. Yeah. Like where does imagination come from? Where does human creativity come from? Like it's all got to be inspired from somewhere. Yeah. Likely because we're made in the image of God, we yeah. have the ability to create, we have the ability to imagine beautiful things. You know, yeah.
1: well, there's something yeah. about that. Actually, um, those who are patrons will remember the um, two months ago, so not last month, the month before. The episode of Conservative Conversations, our monthly interview podcast, was with uh, Robert Loretz, and he talked about music. and He talked about at one point this very point, and it's um, the whole thing of inspiration, mm. and it's different from anything else. You know, it's it's you actually feel like you've discovered something. Very unique, mm. it's it's like nothing else. It's not like an idea you came up with, it's not just like reading something. There's something about inspiration mm. that is very, very profound. It's, it's discovering a truth that existed prior to and outside of you is a very, it's quite wondrous. Hey, eh? wow, mm. yeah, that's great. Which is where does the book land, or is that spoiler? Territory? Haven't finished it yet. Oh, yeah,
0: yeah, mid, mid book.
1: He's going to get to the end. He's going to say, well, I was just uh, in the spare room. I just found a like woman. A and, yeah, there was a wardrobe <laughs> in codes. there. What do you mean? Where did the wardrobe come from? <laughs> uh, yeah, so that. would be interesting to see how that. It's fiction, is it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Made She's up.
0: written a couple about C.S. Lewis now, and I enjoy both of them. So right.
1: yeah. Christian, is she?
0: I think she might be, reading yeah. between the lines.
1: Yeah, yeah. reading between or the or lines. Or
0: potentially recently converted. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, if you're
1: writing about Lewis on a regular basis. Well, she's
0: written a whole lot of other stuff as well beforehand, and none of that was necessarily particularly, like, had any kind of religious sway. So it's interesting. I wonder if she's had a conversion.
1: Or yeah. you have sometimes have authors who get frustrated that the audience is not getting the message. I've, I've actually read, <laughs> truly, yeah. modern authors said they weren't getting the message, so I wrote a really explicit book <laughs> with Christian faith in it Maybe. so they'd yeah. get the message. <laughs> i um, speaking of literature. That's a good segue. Yes,
0: thank you. You're welcome. Well
1: done. Speaking of scooters <laughs> and segs, Oh, no, actually that's I was going to no. say. What was it? What are they lime Ba-ba-ba. scooters? What's the other one the flamingo? No, the it's a segue. segway. Segways is a is th- that, thing you right on. Things. Yeah, yeah. That is a, I was right. It's like a hoverboard. Thing. I completely ruined the segway that I was going to talk about segway. Okay. So we went from lime scooters to another type of segway to an actual segway.
0: You've but, ruined my segue now. Yeah,
1: I've totally ruined it. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> sorry about that, folks. I absolutely <laughs> ruined that. That did not land. So we had this beautiful, perfect Segway. Katie set it up and husband comes crashing it. Oh, fix this. I'll make a joke. It'll be great. Guys, I'll make this way better. Get out of the way. And ruined it. Reminds me of an experience I had in primary school. Oh, no. True story. My mate, Wurrimu. And we were good mates and we had those old leather satchels that you had the strap over your shoulder and the satchel hung off the back and you'd get your glow-in-the-dark stickers and stick them on them and it's the last day of school... Big open plan classrooms because the old modern learning is not actually modern. Oh, the original modern, modern, the modern original learning. <laughs> learning. What a disaster. Yeah, the OG and modern the learning. The OG. <laughs> I was OG, experimented on. Oh, and that's what happened to you. I <laughs> that's right. <I laughs> it all makes sense now. hungry. And so, um, so yeah, the big fishbowl. And last day of school, final day for the year. Yeah, we're going home for Christmas. And then um, a bumblebee comes into the classroom, lands on the window. Window. <laughs> Base window. Start with window, <laughs> that's what and they call them and mainly. my mate Wirrimu goes, The girl's like, yeah, Wurramunga goes, get out of the way, I'll get it. And he swings his satchel at the bumblebee, and it was almost like slow motion. Smashes this whole massive like bay window. <laughs> Good old Wurramunga, out of the way, I'll get this. So that yeah, that's a. I don't know why I told you this. That was what
0: clinched it, though. You came back after the holidays and it was made into four classrooms,
1: right? (laughs) Solved (laughs) the (laughs) OG modern learning environment problems. Okay, but seriously, now that we've made a mess of that segue, let's move into. You were talking about literature and C.S. Lewis. And uh, I stumbled upon this really great tweet by uh, a guy called Nathan Alberson. And he actually has a podcast called The Bookening. Hmm. And uh, he talks about, um, or with a couple other guests, they talk about um, great books and. Uh, from a Christian perspective, they take God and literature seriously, they say, and uh, they discuss them a different, I think a different piece of literature each time in their podcast. But he published a tweet list recently, and I thought it was worth us talking about because for parents this could be handy. Uh, he says this, your kids have already des- devoured, sorry, Narnia and Lord of the Rings. Well, here are some other fantasy novels to edify, terrify, and amuse without pumping their minds full of garbage. Hmm. And that's our big challenge for us, eh? Trying to find books because our kids devour books, but it's like, what can we give them to read that's not just C R A P, you know, yeah. like and full of ideological propaganda. Because I don't know about you, but it feels to me like a lot of propagandists or lousy authors, hacks, have gone, Oh yeah, writing young adult fiction seems a pretty easy thing to do. Oh, and they're all in that space. That. Yeah.
0: Younger than that, some of the graphic novels that come home that are yeah, yeah just just very subtle wokism. Yep. Dribbling in, you know, yeah, it's just yeah. that early. I was going to say formation, but it's yeah, mis, misformation and malformation. Malformation of Mal-
1: the Mal- mind. Yeah, yeah. I, I have a feeling that if those authors tried to write adult fiction, a lot of them would not succeed because yeah. adults would go, "This is garbage," but they can get yeah. away with it. It's just propaganda wrapped up kids. in kids. Yeah, novel. yeah, and and it's often too. They might not even realize they're doing it. It's like, oh, what's the popular th- thing of the day? Oh yeah, you. I'll just do that, yeah. and I'll tell a story about some kids and a goblin. <laughs> well, know.
0: also, I think there's an element where you get somebody's written. The first four books of a series mm. And they're actually very good Yeah Like Nathaniel read those ones About the dragons I can't remember what they're called But he really liked the first four.
1: Oh, yeah I remember those And they
0: were all right And then the fifth one Suddenly there was a You know yeah. Like a homosexual couple Or you know Like it was all It just started to dribble in yeah, And it sort of yeah. almost had the feeling That the publisher was like Well we can't keep Yeah Unless you stick some of this stuff in it Yeah We, we need some token stuff box. in here Yeah Yeah tick the we boxes We can't keep publishing kind of thing
1: um, so here's the first of the books. Here's the recommendations that he's got here. First one is called Five Children and It. Five Children and It. Edith Nesbitt arguably invented modern children's fantasy through this book. This one is about, yep, five children who find a puddle gum-ish sand fairy. <laughs> Man, that's a, that's a mouthful. He grants wishes that go very wrong and the results make for a charming adventure. See also the rest of the series. Have you heard of that one before?
0: I've heard of it. Yeah, I've never read read it.
1: it. Oh, this one's a classic, The Wonderful Wizard of Oz. we've
0: had a couple of kids read this
1: one. Al Frank Baum's fairy tale is not much like the movie, at least in tone. Mm. It's different, eh? Uh, Every page of this adventure fantasy brims with characters, settings, and ideas. Expect both whimsy and menace. Two of my favourite things. See also the bajillion other Oz books. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And there are a lot, eh? Yeah. It's quite funny how The Wizard of Oz was... um, yeah, it set a tone and a perception that wasn't necessarily. It was a great film, but mm. not accurate to um, to what the the breadth and depth of the books were. That's right. Yeah, yeah. um, Half Magic by Edward Eager. Read that before? No. Half Magic by Edward Eager follows in the footsteps of Edith Nesbit with well-written stories of children having magical misadventures, In this one, five siblings find a coin that grants wishes, but only halfway. Oh, that's a great concept. Affle-ish. shenanigans wish. Shenanigans <laughs> ensue. I'm sure they do. Uh, see also all his other books. So that's a pretty... Uh, this one you must have heard of, Howl's Moving Castle. Mm. Uh, Howl's Moving Castle, Diana Wayne... Wynne-Jones. Wynne Jones. Sorry, Wynne Jones. Apologies. Apologies, anyone called Wayne. So Diana Wynne Jones wrote densely plotted fantasies for kids. In this one, a cursed hat maker named Sophie... Oh, you got to wonder whether... Hmm. uh, Not Tolkien um, uh, J.K. Rowling Was in any way Influenced by this I'm
0: sure she's read All of these
1: Uh, In this one A cursed hat maker Named Sophie And a pouting wizard Named Hal Try to outwit a witch Expect comedy Action And romance Oh romance romance. Oh lovely See also The rest of the series Mm -hmm. Um, The one thing he doesn't say Is what age I guess Yeah
0: I'd say um, Depending on how Independent your readers are 10 plus for most of these Unless you're Doing read alouds, which they'd all be fine
1: for. Okay, here's a classic. Here's an absolute classic we got on our shelf: Watership Down. Yeah, we
0: can't get anybody to read it though. By
1: Richard Adams. I was thinking I might (laughs) actually start reading it to them. Richard Adams wrote the greatest talking animal fantasy of all time. Oh, that's a war. That's a you know George Orwell Animal Farm might have a few words to say. Well, it's a bit different though, isn't it? Because it's not. Wow. Yeah, but the same audience. (laughs) The the greatest talking animal fantasy of all time. Nani. It's a big Nani is up there. (laughs) Red Wall. Mm. Yes, yeah, It's a big call I'm
0: surprised Red Bull Didn't make it to this
1: list actually. Yeah it's Someone added it to the list Further down Because uh, yeah, yeah. our our boy Nathaniel He loves Red Bull mm. Loves Red Bull And it's a really good series Actually So Richard Adams wrote The greatest talking animal Fantasy of all time A strange and beautiful book About rabbits On an epic quest To find a new home Be warned It's more violent Than you might expect Do you mm. remember the movie? No Never watched it Oh man mm. I the watch, I remember watching the, It was like it used to be on Once or twice a year On TV mm. And at the end, you'd be in tears. Bright eyes <laughs> burning like oh. fire. Because that was the theme song for it.
0: You guys don't need to watch it now. you just heard Brennan.
1: Oh, no. man. It was
0: yes. <laughs> 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 See, Lucy won't watch it. Oh, Lucy, she's never liked any of those. Eh? Anything where animals... Movies yeah. with animals She doesn't like animals Getting hurt or
1: Funny eh She won't go near them They're Getting lost Animals <laughs> will get lost And find Rock their way home Not going near lost animals yeah, no. um, See also Nada Thumbs Way down For his other books <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's interesting So the other books Didn't <clears throat> make the, the cut Oh he's a classic Winnie the Pooh Yep A.A. A. Milne's famous honey-loving bear who lives in the Hundred Acre Woods is still a classic. Witty, funny, and full of lively characters like Eeyore, Piglet, Rabbit, and Owl. Don't bother with the movies and shows. Read this. You know, that's, it's true. There is a style in the way those books are written, eh, A. I like how um, he
0: describes Eeyore as lively, though. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I do. Wrong character. That's, I think that's a yeah, <laughs> lively a character. <laughs> um, but, yeah, there's something true about the old classics, eh? Um uh, the, the the I guess the movies could be a way a segue in for your kids like a gateway drug to read the True, book.
0: True, although I see what he's saying; they're, they're not particularly. No. Yeah,
1: it's about the fantasy writing, it's I don't right, know. Yeah. uh The marvelous misadventures of Sebastian. I'd never heard of this one. Mm-hmm. Lloyd Alexander wrote this witty adventure about a young fiddler who finds himself involved with a circus troupe, uh, a runaway princess, an assassination plot, and an enchanted villain. See also not the villain fi- violin. Ah. Oh. <laughs> Whoops <laughs> I was going to say Why would there be An enchanted villain What what, what a dumb thing to write <laughs> How about a dumb thing to read mate It's an enchanted violin pal Okay So <laughs> That makes a, That makes more sense um, See also The first two lives Of Lucas Casher um, Here we go This is a classic uh, Ms, Mrs. Sorry, Ms, Mrs. Frisbee and the Rats of Nim mm. You've heard of this, mm-hmm. eh? I remember reading yeah. this primary school And Robert O'Brien's Newbery Award winner A widowed field mouse named Mrs. Frisbee Tries to cure her son She'll need the help of some mysteriously intelligent rats Dark, melancholy and gripping See also the Silver Crown Yeah, the, 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 the Nim series, man There's something about those books, man I remember as a kid uh, the Wind in the Willows. Kenneth Graham's story is about the, the Genteel friends, Mole, Ratty, and Badger. Oh, hey, Ratty. Smell <laughs> Uh whose friend Mr. Toad is a reckless automobile connoisseur. It's beautifully written, funny, and very British. See also Toad of Toad Hall, a play based on the book. You have you do you remember Wind in the Willows? I do. Yep. The Wind in the Willows. It's a Great book. And and people had added added others to the bottom of the tweet here and like Redwall Red Wall was added by someone. Mm-hmm. Could you think of any others of your own?
0: Um, the Tale of Desperot. That was oh, one that we yeah. downloaded well with our goods. Kate what's her last name? Can't remember the author's last name, sorry.
1: The tale of Desperot yeah. with an X on the end, isn't it?
0: Yep. it's like, felt like the French Desperot.
1: P A No, P. No, at the very end. Despairot. <laughs> e A
0: E A U X.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. That's a, that's a, oh, that's I knew what I meant. Mm-hmm. Um another one was um what was it called? Well, there's two names for it. Uh, it's called, let me, I'm just Googling it right now. It's called right, Yeah. Um, it's also known as the Satanic Mill. But don't let that put you off. Don't let that put you <laughs> off. It's by um, Otfred Pressler. It was originally um, German and it's translated into uh, English. And the reason I knew about it was because I had a teacher in primary school who read it to us each day a bit in the class. And Nathaniel loved it. And so did Eleanor when she tuned in. It's really beautiful. It's actually the Christian story about a guy who who gets caught in servitude in, in, in a satanic mill run by a, mm. a, a sorcerer. A sorcerer yeah. yeah, but he enslaves people. And um, what frees him, though, is this girl singing the Alleluia that's right. song mm. on Easter Sunday morning. That's the yes. first he, – he he falls in love with this girl singing the song, that's the thing that draws him out, and she has to save him. It's really quite beautiful, actually. Very, very beautiful Christian um, allegory. It's not a uh, Tolkien would approve because it's not like like Lewis is very not obvious. As, yeah, not as overt as Lewis. Yeah. yeah. Um,
0: Although the more you read Narnia, the more subtle things you pick up, even as a sure.
1: Adult. Yeah. I mean that 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 criticism between Lewis and Tolkien is often, I think, overhyped by some people. Mm. They're like, "Yeah, Tolkien looked at Lewis's work and he's like, oh, what a lot of garbage, man.'" <laughs> no, that's not at all. Yeah. They were good friends, and he actually they. Um, consulted and talked yeah, and right. he just had a different style. He wasn't as big a fan of that approach. Mm. He didn't say it was wrong.
0: Mm. And he was so. quite honest he was writing mm. an allegory, you
1: know. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and um, and even – I think the one thing that he was a bit more critical of, though, in his personal conversations with him or notes or whatever it might have been, was about putting Santa Claus in the story. That's he, right, Ed.
0: He wasn't keen so on what's Santa. What's this fella
1: doing here? <laughs> <laughs> Funny, eh? That's, that's Tolkien, the great literary yeah. professor, probably speaking. Um, but, yeah, the Satanic Mill is more uh, – it's not like Narnia where it's this really, but it is pretty. You well, know, it's mm. it's you know it's all there. It's it's but it's it's very you know it's beautiful and it was just there's something about it and I think particularly for young boys, mm. Nathaniel was really invested in this young male character who was caught in this um this sort of enslavement with these other young men and would he get out of it and what would mm. it mean and so yeah so there, there's some good books there, folks. If yep. you're looking to read some good books, it um, help you
0: um reinstate your sense of awe and wonder. Yeah, yeah, so absolutely. books can do absolutely. that. It's really important to find books that speak truth to our children's lives, even if it's, you know, reading Narnia over and over again. or Yeah. Yeah.
1: And yeah. I think, I think too, like um, uh, we've got – I bought this series, actually hoping our older kids might read it um, when they get a bit older and their sort of tastes mature a bit. Is I bought um, Frank Peretti's hmm. – um, This Prison Darkness. This Present Darkness and Piercing the Darkness – Ah, uh, prophet was another one as well, and they are great reads. I remember reading them; I was probably sixteen or seventeen, mm. and it just really brought to life for me the notion of the spiritual world mm. and the whole the whole thing with angels and demons. And now, not every bit of theology necessarily is going to be on point there, but they are really well told stories as well. They have a sort of, I guess you'd say, thriller, supernatural thriller. Mm. They're not really horror, but supernatural thriller. he did write us uh, a Christian horror. Called Oath, I think it was. It's great. It's really good. Mm-hmm. It's, but it's it's still really more a supernatural thriller. Mm. But yeah, so it's important, eh? You're right for for developing awe and wonder in children. Yeah. So that musical interlude means that it's time for our moment of goodness, truth, or beauty, and also for our scripture reflection for the month. Katie, ladies, before Always gentlemen, ladies as first, usual, you know, kind hearted man that I am, um, tell me what is your moment of goodness, truth, or beauty?
0: Oh, I mean, there's been a lot in the last wee while, but um, just on the weekend, we had our oldest had her first formal.
1: Yeah, lovely. <laughs> Yep. I was going to do that one. I'm glad you did it.
0: Oh, have you stolen it? Have I stolen it? No, yours? no, oh, you
1: haven't. I actually okay. went somewhere because I thought, I bet you she's going to talk about
0: that. Oh, no, I had a few. I could, could have chosen from, yeah. But actually, it's. I mean, it was beautiful seeing her all dressed up and really enjoying herself. But actually, the, the thing that I appreciate most, we ended up somehow, mysteriously, with awe and wonder. <laughs> we ended up with. <laughs> As you do with With all of her friends staying the night <laughs> and coming over beforehand to yep. get ready, yeah. So I don't know how it happened. It was like a wedding, happened. eh? It
1: was like a wedding. I don't know how it happened. Suddenly, I was like hairdressing and makeup the party and, and the before party yeah.
0: and yeah. driving people to and fro. Um, one of my friends from school, who's a lovely lady, came down with her massive makeup collection and helped put makeup on them and do yeah. hair, and they just had a great time. It was just really nice to see there's girls who are just happy to go together. You know, and not worried about going with boys or not going with boys. They just were hanging out as friends, and
1: that was quite just cool, going eh?
0: for a good fun time. And
1: it was quite, yeah. it was quite. I was gonna say cute. It was lovely. It was like there was a real genuine sense of um, joy.
0: Mm, that's right.
1: And yeah. it was no, just there was each other's company. Yeah, and, yeah, because uh, the tradition has been to associate these things with behaviors that are unhealthy. Mm. Oh, let's have a let's let's really hit the booze, let's drink right. before yeah. and afterwards, and then after parties. I remember even when I was in high school, it was all about the drinking. Uh, if it wasn't that, it was about who was hooking up with, with who. who exactly. and and there was just none of that, right? It was That's just right. it was this really beautiful, innocent, joyful, mm. like wow. This they they saw it as a milestone.
0: Yeah, they did. Yeah.
1: And they really yeah. invested in it. There's something good about that. They had a And they just enjoyed moment. each
0: other's company and they were all helping each other with eyeliner and yeah. hair and, you know, just getting stuck in and, yeah. you know. Yeah. That's great. So it was nice. I it was loved to it. See. Yeah. And then Lucy came home with all these photos in the photo booth with, like, all of her and her friends making that duck face in every duck single face, photo. I'm yeah. like, could you not do one well with a smile? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Mum, we're cool. Yeah, yeah. Too cool. Too cool to smile. <laughs> Um, well, that, that's lovely. I'm glad yeah. you mentioned that because I, I thought I'd beat you, Katie's going to talk about that. Mm. I'm glad you did. Um, so, my moment of goodness, truth, or beauty is actually a quote. I, I stumbled. I didn't a... know we could do quotes. Well, we can. We can do. You can do whatever you want. Or a an <laughs> wonder, and you know,
0: you know, so it's totally up right, to you. I'll be back next month with, w- lots, of with lots of quotes. Um, it has <laughs> For to be. Hour, it can't be some <laughs> random quote
1: from a Bloomin' mechanics manual. It has to be. But that might be beautiful. Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> make sure not to change the oil on mm-hmm. a six-monthly basis. Um, okay, so um, my, my was actually a quote that I you – an know, important one, actually, to what we talk about on this podcast that I came across while reading another book. Um, and said, I'll talk about it once I've finished it. Actually, it's a very good book so far. Um, but it's a quote from John Chrysostom. Uh, he is a saint, if, if you're a Catholic or Orthodox, I think he's a saint as well, some Anglicans, I think. Maybe. Um, and he's like he's a church father though. So, um, And this is what he said. Um, this is from one of his Sunday sermons. Um, what, 14, 15, 16, 1700 years, 1800 years ago? More than yeah. Um, Let everything take second place to our care of our children. And I'll say that again. Let everything take second place to our care of our children, our bringing them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. If from the beginning we teach them to love true wisdom, they will have great wealth and more glory than riches can provide. If a child learns a trade or is highly educated for a lucrative profession, all this is nothing compared to the art of detachment from riches. If you want to make your child rich, teach them this. He is truly rich, who does not desire great possessions or surround himself with wealth, but who requires nothing. Don't think that only monks need to learn the Bible. Children about to go out into the world stand in greater need of scriptural knowledge. So true. That's such a beautiful and powerful quote. Mm. And hundreds and hundreds of years ago, one of the fathers of the church is saying, he's telling parents, he's speaking to us today too, that everything takes second place to the care of your children. Mm. How often do we get that wrong though? I think I get that wrong a lot in family life. It's, you know, the mortgage, the house, the lawns, the the sports, the whatever it is, but in actual fact, everything else takes second place to the care of our children and and making sure that they're raised and, and, and trying to transmit and share the faith with them and that they know the Scriptures. We're trying to do that at the moment, eh, with our kids. We've started this little challenge, okay, you've got a month to learn the um, all of the books of the New Testament mm. and you get a prize if you do it. You know, so yeah, we sort what of was trying. one
0: Nathaniel said the other night? He was trying to remember them all and he couldn't. Uh, got one so funny? there was
1: Corinthians and then he went. Um,
0: oh, Gal- Galinthians? Or? Yeah, Galinthians. <laughs> like, no, no, that's,
1: uh, that's made up, Nathaniel. <laughs> it's Galatians you're thinking of there. Uh, you don't mean Galossians? <laughs> no, they're not <laughs> Galossians either. <laughs> so, yeah, um, <laughs> it was funny, eh? But, but um, trying to uh, give them that sort of grounding and that sense of mm. our tradition and who we are. And and as parents, you know, you can't do anything greater for your kids. Give them the tools they'll need as they leave home to actually navigate the darkness. Okay, your scripture reflection for the month, Katie? Hmm.
0: Psalm one twenty one. Oh, that's a good. A, goodie. Of sense. You know a song one. of what? You know a sense.
1: That, that is a temple psalm going up to the hill yeah. of the Lord.
0: That's right. Um a prayer for the traveller as well. Yeah. According to my clip yep.
1: notes. Um If you're travelling, make sure you go up to the hill of the Lord. <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's the one that says, "I lift my eyes up to the mountains. Where does yeah. my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the Maker of heaven and earth." Um, it's beautiful, actually, the whole Psalm. It's only four mm. stanzas, but it, it makes me think again of the what we've been talking about this morning with the wonder. You mm. know, so often we get bogged down in life, and we're you know, like I was with all the cooking the dinner incessantly, mm. and um, just yeah, just life and just busyness and yeah. focusing on all the things you have to do. That we are downcast yeah you know even if you don't sort of realize it and actually to change your perspective it's important to lift your eyes yeah to and you have Deliberate, to it has to be a real yeah. movement of the will sometimes to yeah. lift your eyes oh, and to see yeah. the lord and to see the way forward
1: yeah
0: yeah yeah that's and just great. putting yourself in his trust and care great and it goes on to say that profession. the lord will never you know he never sleeps Mm. He who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep mm. you know, he's always watching over us even when we're asleep
1: yeah yeah mountains are very important too to mm. our Christian tradition and we hear it that obviously from the Jewish um, the, our, our elder brothers in the faith mm. um, yeah it, it's uh, it's really important that you know the mountain of the Lord, the hill of the Lord.
0: Well, the commentary I read said that mm. they would um, if they were traveling and they could see there was a wooded hill. Yeah. They'd be saying, Well, how can we get through this wooded hell hell we know that we're gonna be safe? And that's yeah. why they pray this psalm. And I thought, it's funny you think about it today, like the hills and the woods we have today are different, but they're still there, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's true. And that whole notion of even some of the, you know, the great spiritual writers in the history of the church talk about ascending the mm. mountain of the Lord, you know, and, and coming closer to him and what that means, you know, how we have to let go of ourselves mm. and, and the risk of, of that. Yeah, beautiful. Uh, mine was Romans 1.16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. Now, the reason why that scripture really struck out or stuck out, I suppose, whichever way you want to say, to me mm-hmm. was because it's this very simple, uh, it's one sentence, but it actually contains a wealth of wisdom So first of all, there's that encouragement not to be ashamed of the gospel. How often today are we looking for other solutions, and even in our family life maybe? Hmm. What we might just need to do is just actually sit and pray or sit and go back to the scriptures to get a bit of wisdom about what to do, and we're often looking for technical fixes outside of that when maybe we just need to go back to them. Don't be ashamed of it. Go back to it. It's it's part of who we are. It's not outdated. It's not a nice little poetic book. It is the very profound wisdom for the fullness of human flourishing, Hmm. you know? Um, because it is the power of God, and it brings salvation. And so don't forget that, that in times of crisis in a family, the scriptures can be the thing that are, are the saving grace mm. in those moments, so don't ever be afraid to go back to them. And then also where it talks about first to the Jew, then to the Gentile, this whole, whole notion of God's revelation of himself that unfolds over time through those various covenants he makes, starting with you know um, Adam and then Adam and Eve, and then sort of working out from there until Christ opens up that relationship to the whole of the world you know to mm. gentile as well and that we are now no longer separated there's no distinction we're all one in christ it's it's quite a profound thing you know there's mm. so much about our faith and our tradition and and who we are wrapped up in that and of course the big thing though really is for our families mm. how often do we try and solve other problems when we should just maybe just stop pray read the scriptures get a little bit of uh quiet clarity and wisdom and then Hmm. and then go back to trying to fix a family crisis or something like that. Hmm, Absolutely. Or a marriage crisis, as the case may be. Alrighty, so that was our moment of goodness, truth, or beauty and our scriptural reflections for the month. Katie, let's look at our listener questions now. Shall we do that? Yeah, let's do that. You like the radio shows, would say. <laughs> uh, and um, we've got some good questions today. Uh, so the first one is this. How should parents of children attending a Catholic school, and this would be probably any school really, but in, probably a Christian school in particular mm, too, yep. um, in our case a primary school, challenge and overturn the school's policy on its school documents regarding sexual and gender indoctrination, that the current government and activists such as Inside Out, which is the organisation, tell them to do. So, you know, the school's conforming itself to things that are not good by the sense of it. We have spoken to the school officials but sadly have hit a wall. And uh, they say we have spoken to the school principal, the deputy principal, the assistant principal, and even the board of trustees about our concerns, but to no avail. It is absolutely concerning and alarming. We know not all Catholic schools are like this. The view of the officials, uh, I guess the leaders of the school, they're talking mm-hmm. about there, make a big difference. Could you point us to any resources or give us advice to present to, uh how to present, I guess, to our school to stop supporting this indoctrination campaign and this evil? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, first thing is you've got to acknowledge it is evil. Yeah, true. Corruption of young minds and That's in right. ways that are not good, right? Yeah. Um, but but uh, yeah, what, are, what are your thoughts when you hear this question?
0: Well, it's a tough one. It is um, tough, yeah. especially
1: if you've tried what I yeah. would say, oh, speak to the board, speak to the principal, yeah, and then yeah. you've That's tried that and you get a say. brick wall.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think you, yeah, I don't know if you'd get anywhere, but there are programs out there you could present to them as yeah. alternatives. Yeah. Um, I think it's very hard for schools as well, depending, you may have a good principal, but if the board's not supportive, yeah, you know, you're going to run into issues there. Yeah. Um, likewise, if you have a deputy or assistant principal that are good, um, we're very fortunate at our school that we have solid management. Yeah. Um pretty solid board that, you know, do listen to concerns. Yeah. Um but it's only going to get harder. Yeah. Which is sad to say. Yeah. as far as I can see, it's not going to get any no. easier for Catholic and Christian schools to no. try to avoid teaching the stuff that the government wants them to teach. Yeah
1: and and, yeah. and and really to be proactively teaching what is true and good. Yeah, that's right. And and that's what they're countering more and more. It's not simply that they won't let them I guess not Mm. Teach the nonsense. It's that they that they won't let them teach what is good. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the, the day, you on. can
0: you do the right to remove your children from those yeah programs, and I think you should exercise that if you're concerned about them. Mm.
1: Um, I, I, here's what I'd say. Yeah. I think so. that This person's tried some things here. Mm. One thing, as I say, I'd say um, I'm not sure how you approach the board of trustees. It can make a difference. So the way you approach makes a huge difference. Mm. Um, If it's initially a very hostile engagement, that tends to shut down some of your avenues often straight away. Um, But but at the same time, I totally understand why parents would be extremely concerned. I always get concerned when I see this stuff because I know Mm. the potential to actually do harm to our children. And a parent, I don't want my children harmed. Mm. Um, ideologues, go away, please. Um, mm. you know. Um, but uh, so I get that sense and that 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 sort of you know the the fervor we often have, but we've often got to sort of tame that a little bit to get a good outcome. One thing I think is when you approach a board, um, there's some really good advice. Uh, I know Family First. Mm. I think the website is familyfirst.org.nz. So that's Family First, uh, New Zealand. Um, they had a great interview with the mum a couple of months ago who actually approached her board about all this kind of stuff, and she had expertise in this area, professional expertise, and so she talked about, in a very matter-of-fact and really common sense, easy way to understand, how to actually have a meeting with your board so that you can get better outcomes. Mm. And so she talked about the fact that a lot of board members don't realise that they are actually legally responsible for what happens in the school. That's right, and a lot yeah. of them don't. They're sitting on boards, and they're like, "Oh, I'm just on the board. I'm just like a parent helper." No, no, you are legally responsible. And You're if something part of the goes, management. Yeah, yeah. And if some, uh, the governance the and the if governance. something goes terribly wrong, you can be actually legally mm. held liable. So, see, she says you've got to go in and remind them of their duties and their obligations, and that what that means is, do you understand what's being taught to kids, and what if harm comes from this, you will be liable. And so it sort of really wakes them up. Mm. Oh, uh Oh, we've actually got to take some action here. Um, if they're not prepared to. So that, that I recommend seeking out that interview. Mm. Um, and, uh, and there was some good advice there about how to have those conversations with the board. I don't know this particular person if that was how they did that. So maybe that might not be relevant, but for others that's important. I think another thing that's essential is you've got to get a community around you. Yes. If you don't have that already, get a community of other people. Mm. It, it, it helps, I think, provide a bit of a guardrail. Mm. Uh, well, a healthy community will. Um, a community that's a bit um, jaundiced. Can Well, it can become a bit of a, um, an angry mob. You don't want that. Yeah. But a healthy community of people who will help you keep their guardrails because they help you keep perspective and avoid yeah. you sort of going into rage and mania and stuff like that. You They sort of say, ah, oh, okay, let's, we can do this, we can do this. Yeah. They help you avoid despair. Mm. And I think also with a community, you probably have got a bit more of a chance, I think, of really possibly having your voice heard. Exercising
0: a bit of change. Um, yeah.
1: And I think that's essential. The other thing is really school yourself up. So you're in a Catholic school setting. Um, there are some you know documents that I'd highly recommend. Uh, the Vatican issued a document about um, the question of gender and issues like that. A few years ago, um, I think it's called Male and Female, he created them. I could be wrong. Just Google um, Vatican document on gender um, and read that. That's a really good document. And you can speak to the Catholic school and the board about this and say, look, um, this doesn't correspond with what our own faith teaches. This is important. Um, And like you've said, Katie, recommending good resources and groups. um, Loving for Life New Zealand are a great Mm -hmm. group. Encourage the school to get them in. Um, I would also consider other things. I would go to the bishop if Mm. you're getting no joy with the school. Go above the head of the school and go to the bishop and say, look, this is not good. Yeah. And if that if that's getting you nowhere, I would say try and get a group of parents together and actually even write to Rome,
0: to the absolute Nuncio.
1: Yeah, yeah, and yep. say, look, this is not good. This is happening in our Catholic mm. school in our country, and they don't seem to be taking our faith seriously. And it's really a threat to children. Mm. I, I would say d- don't be afraid to. Don't ever think oh, no, we'll just give up and walk away because that's what the ideologues require. Mm. They, re- and they and then they rely on really is bullying everyone into submission. Oh, they'll just go away eventually. We just scare them all, away. Don't, don't, it's, mm. you've got to acknowledge it's, it's a, you don't want to be, um, a curmudgeonly old angry person, <laughs> but you've also got to acknowledge that it is a lot of these fights are quite lonely mm, and they're right. often hard. Yeah. Yep. They're not easy. They're not quick. They're not easy. And they take a lot of effort. So you've got to really commit to saying, I'm going to, I'm going to put you I'm going to be that parent, yeah, that's right. but be that parent in a way that's charitable yep. and, and wise, I would say. Yeah. Uh, last but not least, I think, Katie, is to consider um, if all else fails and the school is teaching really errant nonsense, mm. don't leave your kids vulnerable. I'd take them out of the school. Yeah. Pull them out. Take them somewhere else. Homeschool them. Yeah. Do what you need to. Remember what we heard from John Chrysostom? What did he say? Let, let everything take second place to the care of our children. mm and I really mean that. I mean, I've had moments where we haven't, we're not there for ourselves. But I've had moments where I thought, "Oh, this is borderline." Yeah. And if it and if it had have gone any further, it would have been like, "No, nah, we we've got to get our kids out of this. It's just this is not good." And it's it's sending a statement. If all the good parents just leave their kids, and your job and the job of your kids mm. is not to evangelize a, mm. a school full of evil ideology. No, no, no. They're not. They're not cut out for that. Yep. And that's not their calling. Your job as a parent is to safeguard, and so often people say, "Oh, but if the, all the good kids leave, it'll it'll go downhill." No, 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 that's not how that works. Mm. What you're saying then is, well, we're relying on all the good kids to do the job for us. That's right. No, yeah. no, it's not what I think. that will often come
0: at, at this at teaching these things from an angle of tolerance as mm. well. That's what I found. We've got to learn about these things mm. so we can tolerate everybody, so we can love everybody. Yep. We're not proper Christians if we don't love everybody. Um, but it's got to work both ways. How is it loving for your children to be exposed to it? How is it yeah. tolerant for your children to be exposed yep. to it when it's not your family's choice? Yeah. Um, so I think it's important that you highlight those yep. discrepancies when you speak to them.
1: Well, if we're fa- if we're if a, a Christian school should be representing discipleship in Christ, and faithful discipleship mm. means we're faithful to Christ and what He says, and if the school's not doing that, it's not being faithful to its core mission, mm. and it's not whatever or whatever they're serving, it's not Christ. Mm. And that, that's I know that's hard to hear. Yep. And hopefully no one's scandalized by that, but we just, we, we're just living in an age that's getting harder, as you said, mm. and we need to actually have a bit of a nuggetiness about ourselves. That, you know, as Bob Dylan once said, you know, let's not talk falsely now for the hour is getting late and mm-hmm. that song all along the watchtower. It's true, the hour is getting late. It's n- enough of the sort of the false talk and the, mm-hmm. and the sort of platitudes. We need to actually be very clear and concise yep. in charity, of course, but we need to be very, very courageous in, in calling out error. Mm. So, um, yeah, tough position to be in, man But I would encourage you, pray, get community Mm. Look at that Family First resource uh, And I would say don't be afraid to go above the school Mm. The squeaky wheel I that's know right, no one yeah. likes to be the squeaky wheel, but the squeaky wheel does get the oil. And um, mm. sometimes it's a matter of waiting out some bad management till better management comes or yeah. things like that. Bear in so. mind
0: as well, um, boards are supposed to ask for community feedback. Yeah. Perhaps you could suggest that that's something they do if they haven't done it in a while. Because yeah. if, they're, if they're shutting you down like this, it suggests they may not have yeah. been asking for feedback when they should have. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and, and it's just I think part of it is helping them to discover their courage. This whole notion of oh we can't the government's told us.
0: Yeah, well, I know it's no, hard because don't. their funding comes from the from the ministry, yeah. right? But, but yeah. at the
1: end of the day, we don't serve the government mm. as supposedly as Christian schools. We our institutions should serve Christ first. Yeah, and so they've got to be faithful to that. Otherwise, they're really failing in their core mission. Mm. Okay, question number two: Should Christians involve themselves in politics? If so, how? Oh. Kind of relevant? Yes.
0: By Praying for our politicians, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So that's one way praying <laughs> for our politicians, yeah. Yeah, I don't think that, I don't have a problem with Christians being involved in politics. No, they so should as, be. It's very, um, it's a very tight rope to walk, tight, tight rope,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what it's I'm a to say? hard path yeah. to journey, right? Absolutely, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I think Christians should involve themselves in politics. Yeah. Uh, there's this funny dichotomy that some have got about the church versus politics, politics mm. versus the church. It's not. Mm. It's always been both and. Like um, if you're a faithful Christian, you are, we know in the New Testament we are told by Peter we have a priesthood as ordinary lay people. And what a priest do? They take unholy things, they consecrate them to God and make them holy. What's our priesthood then as ordinary people, as ordinary everyday men and women in the pews? Our job is to go and take the world and to consecrate it to God. So our work, the world around us. The things we involve ourselves in, our sphere of influence, should be a place where we're trying to bring that to God as much as possible to try and make it more holy, and and that includes politics. Yep, it's not exempt from that. Um, and and uh, you know, as the old Irish saying goes, the the you know the people get the leaders they deserve. That's right. Yeah. So you know, if, if you wanna if we wanna see change, we've actually got to work actively mm. and be in that space. So I think that's definitely Christians should be involved. Voting's one thing. Election mm. think about how you vote. And why you're voting, maybe we could talk about that if you want to ask questions, listeners, about that, and we'll, we'll maybe cover that in a future episode. Um, but I, I think also primarily people often forget it's more than that. Get involved with parties, volunteer, help, be a Christian in those spaces to bring mm. light um, and don't ever live the lies in those places. Don't ever support bad policy that's mm. that's um, contrary to the gospel. You know. But yeah, yeah so Christians should. <laughs> I yes. mean, the, the answer is yes, they should. If mm-hmm. so, how get involved, join parties. That way you can like, well, not all parties, but some in New Zealand, you can help to select candidates, Uh, be a volunteer. Maybe even if you're suited to this and you've got the skills and the experience and a bit of wisdom and virtue, be a candidate Mm. for a party. Um, Your voting matters. Um, And I think also inform yourself. And I don't just mean about current politics. That's easy. You know, uh, you know, Katie, what does the National Party think about this? Or what's the abortion policy of the Labor Party? No, no, I, I mean, inform yourself about a philosophy of politics. Mm. What is the Christian vision of what politics should be? That's a much more important question. Mm. You know, try and go to the root of the problem, not the not the symptoms. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes, get involved. <laughs> Easy question. Thank you. <laughs> uh, number three, why has the Christian church lost relevance to our teenagers? Wow! Big final question, Katie. Mm. What do you think?
0: Should churches be relevant?
1: Oh, oh! I see where you're going with Mm. this now. Yeah, that's that's a great question. (laughs) Is is, should churches relevance
0: the most most important thing? Wow, that's a good (laughs) question.
1: Is should should that is a great question? Thank you. Should they? I don't think they should be. Well, the church is always relevant in a sense Mm. because the human need for salvation and for God does never never ceases to be. It never changes. That is always there. So, the church is always relevant in that way. But if the church is trying to be relevant to the culture of the day, that's, right. that's when yeah. you can get in real trouble. Yep. So, if it doesn't understand that it will always be relevant, if it's faithful and loving and outward focused and active, mm. and it's trying to say, well, you know, how do, the, how do the cool people of today think? Let's think and act more like them, then that's mm. when you get in trouble, right?
0: That's right. Yep. Yeah. I'm trying to be like the cool
1: kids. Yeah. So, yeah, the church should be faithful. Mm. And if you're faithful to Christ, guess what comes on the back of that? Relevance. <laughs> right, it does, right? Um, if you have reverence, that brings relevance, I think, as well. Because mm. uh, we're talking today, we started by talking about awe and wonder. Mm. How much awe and wonder is there in our churches and their worship and what they're mm. doing? Or is it it's like dinky games and gimmicks and consumerism? Come along to our church yeah. and have an experience. we've got dry ice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, no. Or is there something here like, whoa, this is different? Mm. There's awe, there's wonder, there's because it. What does it do? It's a sign to people who come mm. that there is a real, tangible, powerful, all-powerful God that these people believe in because mm. their whole lives are shaped and their behaviours, their worship, everything reflects. That's it. right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um. So the church, why is the church lost relevance to our teenagers? That's the key question, though.
0: I think so many teenagers get bogged down in in life. Being a teenagers, hard work. Yeah. You know, like it really is. There's all those emotions and yeah. hormones and. And everybody's saying what are you going to do when you when you and the school? end of the world you know? and and have yeah. you got to
1: save us from the climate boiling <laughs> yeah. apocalypse boiling and, yeah you know. that's right yeah
0: it's all doom and gloom yeah um I think so fun till
1: someone loses an eye
0: as as church we should be encouraging our teenagers to lift their eyes up yeah
1: good yeah lift point. up your eyes see to the up. hills I see what you did there you are going back I'm making everything <laughs> so relevant Is see what I
0: did I'm, I'm all about segue, yeah
1: segue. yeah. The segway, not, segue. not, the, floating N- not one. the ride on segway, <laughs> the actual segway. Um,
0: yeah, I think we we need to be giving them something to lift their eyes to. Yeah, that yeah. is awesome. Yeah, That's and that a great doesn't point. mean the worship band on the stage or. Yeah. Even in our case, the priest yeah. on the altar, it, it means God, you know, yeah. and, and always, should we should always be pointing to, First to and God, foremost. to Christ. Yeah. The source and the summit, everything should yeah, flow out of and right. lead
1: back to that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think too, I don't think the church has actually lost relevance to our teenagers. Mm. It never has. Like I said, the church is what? It is effectively the mission of Christ on earth. Mm. Uh, it is um, it is the, the the hands and feet of Christ, on earth, and and everyone needs that. Mm. So it hasn't lost relevance. But what it's often is it's become timid or weak, maybe. So it's mm. not effective in its engagement, or it's not as faithful. So it's just like, well, why do I need the church? Almost yeah. if the ch- if your local church has become irrelevant, it's possibly because it's made itself irrelevant. Mm. And by, and what I mean by that is it's just sort of it. To a teenager, if it looks like just another version of a golf club with a few hymns thrown in, well, why yeah. do I need to go to church? I yeah. can go to the golf club and have more fun instead.
0: And I think well, teenagers you know? of all kind of subsets of people, yeah, teenagers need to be called on, even yeah. if they don't realise that themselves. They need to be called on to be better people, yeah. to be, to believe in something that's bigger. Yeah. Um, and that's why so many of them have cottoned onto the, you know, the climate crisis or the strikes yeah. or whatever, because they need a cause. Yeah. They, it's sort of part of their being. Do you know what it is again? It's yeah. back
1: to awe and wonder. Yeah. There's awe and wonder in the face of this big transcendent thing bigger yeah. than me that I'm called to. Oh, it's yeah. the climate. It's yeah. saving the climate. Right. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, you're so right. That's such a good point. And I think, too, that, um, that basically we've, we've got it. This is why that where we started was so important, and we didn't intend this. <laughs> Did not think about it. this is not a plotted trajectory at organized. all. <laughs> but we're about to stick the landing, I think, in a big way. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Was that article started? And one of the big things was that awe and wonder, and mm. and this is where you need it. Like, do the scriptures come alive yeah. to our teenagers? Does the history of our Christian faith come alive to mm. the, or is it like dry and boring because we don't even really have a wonder for it, or we yeah. we're not transmitting to them. Like, is it any wonder that like this is crazy? At the moment, like Jordan Peterson is doing all the heavy lifting for us. <laughs> He's got this round table discussion, they're putting out like they're two hour long episodes mm. going through chapter by chapter, reading through every verse of the book of Exodus, wow. with this round table of Christian and, and Jewish leaders unpacking the wonder and the awe of what's contained in this text. Mm. How many churches are doing that? Yeah. They're not, right? And that's, that's right. our book. Yeah, that's our book, and we're not even doing it. And we're like, no, we've got to have more drums and strobe lights and 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 a big youth <laughs> games hall and that. Now, now these things are not necessarily unimportant. They have a place, yeah. right? But no, it, they're not. They're not awe and wonder. Mm. You see drums. You see strobe lights. You see sports everywhere today. Yeah. There's nothing unique about that. It's it's a bit nerdy when the church just is trying to imitate mm. things in the world and then stick a Jesus sticker on the front of it. No. No, it's got to be deeper and more meaningful. And and when you come to like, a, a, I don't know, an encounter with the scriptures, that's like, wow, these people really believe this and they know how to open and unpack it really deeply. It's like, whoa, mm. there's something here, you know? That's right. I, I like, I, people often say to me in my work, I've said this a few times lately, they say, man, you're so brave speaking about these issues to the culture. And I'm like, I'm not brave. These things are so good and so true. Like, why wouldn't I? Like, I love telling people about these things. There's, there's no courage needed. Mm. I only need courage if I'm uncertain of my position. Mm. And so, I think we should be like that, where the, where we just we just are so uh, enraptured by our own traditions, our own faith, mm. our own scriptures that we that we live it, we bring it out, and that will that will be relevant.
0: Yeah, that's right. It'll be yeah, real. I think we don't need to worry about the church being relevant. We need to worry about ourselves being relevant yeah. to teenagers in the sense that we're accessible, and um, I've seen so many times over and over again, young people certainly not necessarily always teenagers, a little yeah. bit older. The thing that brings them back to Christ and back to their faith, and converts them in a way, so to speak, is conversation, yeah. is dialogue, mm. and you have them there. I'm not an expert at this, but I know lots of good people that are mm. that can engage with people, young people, where they're at, yeah, and they have, and, and often they don't. You know, you're not trying to convert them and they're not trying to they're not looking to be converted. They just Mm. want someone to answer their questions and to respect that they have them. Yeah. And to engage in that back and forth. Yeah. And that's where the relevance comes in. That's where the nitty-gritty is in reconverting our teenagers to faith.
1: Yeah.
0: Is by Well, it's like Christ. He just goes and sits with people and has conversations. Yeah, just have I'm having dinner with you tonight, Tikayas, you know, come Mm. down from your tree, hurry up. Get on it. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah yeah, that, that's so true And, yeah. and I, I think The thing too Is maybe we say Well why has the Christian church Lost relevance mm. Well ask yourself Are you part of the Christian church mm. Well you're saying You're making a judgement call About yourself Are you irrelevant To teenagers mm. Why Yeah. What we often think Well you're the church Why is the church When's the church Going to start getting better Or why are our church leaders Not doing this It's like you are the church as well. What are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? And I think that's a challenge for all of us. I'm very tempted to say, oh, the church is not doing this or the church is not doing that. And I have to remind myself, I am part of that church. Right, yeah. So what am I doing and not doing? Yeah. And I think in our families, actually, with the point you started with, you said, you know, um, is that, that whole thing of thinking, maybe we need to boil it down to its more simple constituent parts. And what is the church made up of? Families. Mm-hmm. So what are we doing in our families to make the gospel, to make Christian tradition, to make our catechesis, our, our actual beliefs and our Christian theology relevant to them? Mm. How are we instilling in them that sense of awe and wonder? Yeah, uh, you know, um, and there's lots of ways to do that, and, and even one simple way is to, you know, have some family movie nights where you get good, really well-made Christian films that sort of. Give them a sense Ooh, well of oh, Christians. there's something more. Yeah, I know. Like, you know, they're out <laughs> there. <are> they they? <laughs> do exist, but you know, that sort of, they're like, oh, they're really sort of captured by the beauty of the art, and then behind the art is there's a not just a message, but the message is the presentation of like, a, say, a moment in the history of Christendom or something that they're like, yeah, there was a Christian guy or girl who was really heroic or saintly, and they mm. they see the wonder of that, and it opens up the relevance again for them. I think mm. you know. So yeah, good question though. I mean, I think you try too hard to be cool, you will become irrelevant. You'll fail. Don't yep. be they can, cool. they, they
0: can smell that a mile away. And, and People look at, trying to be cool. Oh, yeah, <laughs> and it's, it's
1: inauthentic, right? Yeah. And the other thing, too, is look at the great or the big scandals that have happened of late involving churches mm-hmm. that are really hip and cool. The consistent trend is they're really hip, relevant churches, yeah. and they're full of all of this sin and madness because they were so hip, cool, and relevant, they actually stopped doing the fundamentals that they should have been yeah. doing. That call to holiness and being faithful to Christ has been mm-hmm. lost because they're they're all wearing huffer jackets and they got they're hanging out with Justin Bieber. Now that's oh sorry, that's a bit pointed, that one, but do you know <laughs> what I mean? It could be any celebrity, but you know, it's, that's not Christ. Didn't hang out with celebrities. He he hung out with those who are in need, who are sinners, and 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 he was hanging out with them out of love for them, right. not because of who they were. Mm. So the opposite of sort of, um, of uh, you know, well, I don't associate with sinners is, you know, it's where you're saying I don't associate them because of who they are, is I will associate with you because you're a celebrity, so I will hang out with you because of who you are. Mm. Same problem. Mm. Different side of the same coin there. Absolutely. But if you haven't got awe and wonder, you go and watch those Jordan Peterson conversations on like the book of <laughs> Exodus and, and you'll be like, whoa, this is amazing. How do I help my kids see this? And mm. you know, how do I start this with my kids? All righty, folks, that was another great episode. Thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget, if you've got questions, you can go to thelittleflockpodcast.org and there's a link at the top of the page there and you can listen to all the previous episodes. You can leave your questions there or lifenet.org.nz and you can leave your questions there. There's a a button at the top of the homepage. Click on that and uh, you can send us your questions. We get emailed them. And we're able to answer them on future episodes. Don't forget as well uh, that if you want to support our ministry work, you can do that one of two ways. One is at patreon.com forward slash leftfootmedia. And if you become a $5 monthly patron or more, then you will get access to all of our exclusive patrons-only content, and that is more sort of culture and current affairs from a sort of Christian conservative perspective. Every week there's a couple of different podcast episodes and other monthly stuff as well. So if you're into that, that could be a good option. Or if you just want to contribute to the ministry and you're not so worried about the Patreon stuff and the content, go to lifenet.org.nz, and there's a donate button on the top of our homepage there, and you can um, it'll give you the details, the bank account details and stuff about how you can make a contribution. So lifenet org dot nz Katie, any last words? Never. Never? <laughs> you like me to have last words. I is that your last, last words? words? Yeah. Standing on the gallows or the scaffold what's your last words? Never. Never. <laughs> I have no last words. Last words be done. The,
0: the pressure to have last words is yeah. too,
1: too great. You, uh, what would you say? I'd say I will not have the last word. Lord will, or something like that. You know, <laughs> something very poetic and courageous. <laughs> Have I you got know? time for a pixie caramel? <laughs> <laughs> if you're old enough, you'll remember that reference. You'll know that advert, and you'll be like, oh, that's funny. Good last words, Katie. That's yeah, what you'll be like. <laughs> <laughs> okay, folks, uh, on that happy note, thank you so much for tuning in. Don't forget, live by goodness, truth, and beauty, not by lies. And we will see you next month. We'll be back on mm-hmm. The Little Flock. See you later.
0: See you. The Little Flock is a joint production of the LifeNet Charitable Trust and Left Foot Media.
1: If you enjoyed this show, then please help us to ensure that more of this great content keeps getting made by becoming a patron of the show at patreon.com forward slash left foot media.
0: Thanks for listening. See you next time on The Little Flock.